You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Previously, we examined the events that led to the Battle of Uhud. In our discussion this evening, we'll examine how the battle started. So the Prophet arrives from the city of Medina to Mount Uhud and he settles in the valley by the mountain. And basically the way he was situated is he put Mount Uhud to his back and he was facing Medina. He prohibited his companions from starting the war. He told them, don't fight until I give you permission to fight. Now, what day was this? The Prophet arrived on a Friday, whereas the pagans had settled in Uhud a day earlier on a Thursday in Shawwal. This is year three of the Hijrah. So Friday, no warring happened. The Prophet just arrived with his companions. Next day on Saturday, the Prophet prepared his companions for the battle. They were 50 horsemen. Their numbers were 700. Around 700 Muslim fighters had come with the Prophet. Remember 300 or so with the leader of the hypocrites, Abdullah ibn Ubay, they had broken off. Now the Prophet he started to organize their lines, assigning their post, their places. And he gave a very moving speech that would strengthen their resolve. They really needed that. They were 700, but the enemies of Quraysh, what was their number? Three to four thousand. Some estimate them to be three thousand, some put the figure at four thousand. Now you have 700 in the face of three to four thousand. So the Muslims were really concerned to begin with. It looked like there was a no match for them, you know, having so many fighters on the other side. So the Prophet ﷺ moved them and basically in his speech, he mentioned one beautiful thing. He said, The Prophet was giving them a sense of brotherhood, that what you're doing, the sacrifices you're offering, is not just for those who stayed in Medina or for the city of Medina, it's for everyone because believers are like one body. When one body part suffers, let's say you get a, an infection in your ear, what happens to the entire body? It responds to that through fever for example. The infection is in your ear but the fever is all over your body, right? It weakens the entire body. The Prophet was teaching them that's how the Muslim community is. So he instilled in them the spirit of sacrifice, the spirit of brotherhood, that they're one nation, one ummah, fighting for one cause. So yes, you're sacrificing your life here today, but in the end you're saving the Muslim ummah and that in itself really raised their morale. Now the Prophet ﷺ, before the battle started, the Prophet is smart, he receives his instructions also from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet looked at the landscape, logistically he scanned Mount Uhud 
and that valley and the surrounding area. And the Prophet realized that in the middle part of Mount Uhud, there was an area that made Muslims vulnerable. Basically, there was opening in one side of the mountain such that the pagans could turn around the mountain and suddenly make a surprise attack on the Muslims. The Prophet was aware of that and he realized that's a weak spot in the place where they camped. So what did he do? Remember the Prophet acts responsibly, he knows what he's doing. He gathered 50 of his companions and assigned them to be archers. He made Abdullah ibn Jubair their commander and he basically told them, look, have our back from this place, protect us. If the enemy makes a surprise attack, make sure you ward them off so they don't come and kill us. So you 50 archers should be positioned on the side of the mountain, covering this opening. So if the enemy comes and makes a surprise attack, you can ward them off. Now the Prophet in his words, he was very strong. He told them, look, if you see flying creatures, it's an Arabic expression, birds coming from the sky and snatching us, don't move from your place. If you see the pagans completely defeated and they reached Mecca, don't move from your place until I tell you. If you see us achieve victory and we go and enter Medina, don't move from your place. In many ways the Prophet told them, do not move from your place. You 50 archers, your role is critical. Don't move from the side of the mountain. Even if you see the pagans in Mecca, they reached Mecca, Mecca is 300 miles away. Don't move from your place. They said okay. And he told them to follow their commander Abdullah ibn Jubair. After dealing with this very important issue, the Prophet gave the main banner of his army to Imam Ali and Imam Ali was also representing the Muhajireen, the migrants and he gave the banner of the Ansar to Sa'd ibn Ubadah because he was a prominent figure in Medina and he represented the Ansar, he gave him that banner. As for the Quraysh, who was carrying the banner? Basically three people, Khalid ibn al-Walid was assigned on the right flank of the pagan army and Akrama, the son of Abu Jahl who was killed at Badr, his son was assigned on the left flank and it's narrated that Khalid ibn al-Walid was given 200 horsemen in his division and he was told if you see us being defeated, go from the side of the mountain and make a surprise attack to kill the Muslims. Now they didn't know that the Prophet was guarding that. See they're smart, these pagans were men of tactics, they know what they're doing in warfare. But the Prophet outsmarted them because the Prophet already guarded that side of the mountain by archers. So even if those 200 horsemen would come, they would just kill them through shooting arrows at them. But it was a very smart move that they gave Khalid ibn al-Walid 200 horsemen to make a surprise attack in the event that they start losing the battle. In any case, before the battle started, the Prophet held a sword in his hand and to raise their morale and get them ready for war, 
He told them, who can do justice to the sword? A few of them stood up. The Prophet did not, was not too comfortable with the commitments they were making until one of the companions of the Prophet his name was Abu Dujana. He got up, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I will do justice to the sword. I will fight till the last breath in my body. I will not flee. I will stay true. I will defend as best as I can. So the Prophet was comfortable with his strength and courage, so he gave him the sword. Interestingly, as Zubair ibn al-Awam, who was also a warrior, the cousin of the Prophet, he was uneasy with the Prophet's decision to give the sword to Abu Dujana. It's like he expected, expected the Prophet to give him the sword. So, as Zubair ibn al-Awam, he says, I wanted to really see if Abu Dujana was fit and qualified. He's like, I followed him in the battlefield when the battle started. I followed him. I wanted to see really if he was that brave. He's like, he cut down every warrior that faced him. And he, there was a champion from the Quraysh side. Basically, any Muslim who was wounded in the battlefield, he would go and cut their head. He's like, Abu Dujana went after that man. And they came into combat and I saw how Abu Dujana dealt a severe blow to him and he got rid of him. He's like, at that point I realized, you know what, the Prophet's decision to give this sword to Abu Dujana was a wise decision. The man stood strong, he did not waver, he did not flee the battlefield. He was really an amazing warrior that day. By the way, Abu Dujana almost kills Hind. Remember we said before that woman had came to the battle of Uhud, which was not customary really at the time, but they wanted to make sure that they win the battle and motivate the warriors to fight. Abu Dujana says, I saw someone encouraging Quraysh to fight. I went up to him and when he saw the sword hanging on his head, meaning Abu Dujana was about to kill him, he began to bewail and cry like a lady. Suddenly I realized it was a woman dressed like a man and it was Hind. <laughs> it was him, the wife of Abu Sufyan. He's like, I thought to myself, should I strike her with the sword of the Prophet? He's like, the sword of the Prophet is too pure to touch someone like him, filthy like him. <laughs> He's like, I decided not to kill her. In any case, Abu Dujana was really one of the warriors. We'll see what he did to protect the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam.